I want to just uh, give you uh, this, uh, a snippet of a, a pastor's testimony, and, um, and then we'll move from there. But we're, we're talking about a grace that keeps on giving. In the 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 5, and I give a, uh, just a few verses from it. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. Not just one church. It said how many? Churches. It says the grace of God. I thought that all of us have grace on us. But it says, but God had bestowed grace upon them. There's one thing about saving grace, that's, ju that's a judicial aspect, where once you are saved and God has declared you uh, uh, just through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you are saved, your sins are cleansed away, hallelujah, on the way to glory. We got that nailed down. What happens then when life crushes in on you and it seems like there's nothing's going to go right for you for the rest of your life? What happens when you get to the top of your career? And what happens when you think that you have everything going and all of a sudden you lose your sight or, or, um, or you're in an accident like a Joni Erickson Katata? Uh, what happens to you when, when it doesn't flip like the, like the script says, the world says, it's when you're supposed to do all these things and these things are supposed to happen to you? And, that, and that's what we're saying here. That's when another type of grace comes in. And it's called sustaining grace. What is it? It's when God's grace gets, sustains you in your situation. And you begin to look at life and minister in life from a different perspective. I was looking at television, this is a, and this little boy, uh, I looked at the uh, news, and they little, had a little snippet about, about, what, three or four minutes of this little boy. He had to be, well, about almost anywhere between eight to ten years old. Uh, he, he has no legs at all, and yet and still he does basketball, swimming, you know, baseball, and uh, he, ma he masters in wrestling. And uh, I mean, they were showing everything on this young young man. I mean, he, and they were just, uh, they said, and I mean, and the dude, I mean, his whole attitude is, hey, you know, this don't stop me from doing what I need to do. Just because of where you are and what you're going through doesn't stop you from why God left you here. See, a lot of times we haven't defined or we're not clear on why God left us here. We're still trying to be like other folks. We're trying to get comfortable, and we're not clear as to why God left us here. These are the Macedonians, and here's one of the things about it, that in great trials of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abound in the riches of their liberality. Well, we'll get to these verses later on, but pondering the term. Grace that keeps on giving is revealed at times when others would have, would have offered an excuse for their choices and actions. Grace is, let's read together. Grace is expensive, and its giver must be willing to pay the price. You see, it's one thing to receive grace, but somebody gave it. And the person who gave it was God. It was expensive, wasn't it? Now, not only are we, we, not only are we recipients of grace, then once we become recipients of grace, 
then God says, now I want you to be dispersers of grace. I want what I give you to give it out. And when you give it out, it's called fruit. You're giving out what, 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 I'm, what you're getting from me. So I'm bestowing my grace upon you, and you are giving it out regardless of your condition. So um, thinking it through, there are three significant things that Paul wanted his readers to, uh, to receive. Number one, grace keep, that keeps on giving uh, uh, unhindered by suffering. Grace that keeps on giving is always ready to share. Grace that keeps on giving maintains an attitude of submission. If the Macedonians were here this morning, if those folks came here this morning, you would say, who are those folks? Poe, not poor, Poe, don't have a thing. All type of afflictions they're going through, and yet in in all of their sufferings and in all of their afflictions, they hear of Jerusalem, the Jews, going through problems. Now understand, the Macedonians are Gentiles. Jerusalem, they are Jews. You know what the Jews used to think, say about the Gentiles? They used to call them Gentile dogs. But grace flipped their thinking. And so here they are, through grace, realize that their brother and sister is in trouble. Therefore, in their object poverty, they want to do a little something, something for these folks. Now, that, that's, that, that, takes, that really takes something, doesn't it? Because uh, our first excuse is, I don't have it to give. Well, not these folks. If these folks were here, if the Macedonians were here, they would say something. And with the Macedonians, I want to impute about three or four prayers that I want you to take along with you this morning. Okay? That's why when we, we come then, let's, let's start off with uh, grace that keeps on giving is unhindered in suffering. And so we come up then with the, with the, uh, the first prayer. And the first prayer, number one, is... Uh, and this is by a particular uh, pastor, and this pastor that I'm uh, mentioning, his name, uh, this prayer inserted by Pastor Ed Dobson in 2002 at the men's, uh, at, um, uh, at the conference at, U at Moody Pastors Conference on the burden of uh, Legionnaire's disease. This pastor had over, he had, had 6,000 members in Michigan. And um, with these 6,000 members in, in Michigan, I, was, I had to sit, I sat there and listen to his message, and I was moved in tears. With 6,000 members, um, he realized that one morning, one time when he was in, in, in his studies and what have you, what happened was that somehow what he was trying to write, uh, his brain was not, he, his brain was saying one thing and his hand was doing another, and he, and he, was, and he was struggling. He had already buried two men who had legionary disease. He knew how fast it would go. Legionnaire disease affects the muscles and everything else. And, and he realized, he said, Lord, you know, um, I don't want to go through this. 
And he talks about those moments, and he talks about all that he went through, and people who came up with all of their advice, especially with 6,000 people, doctors and everybody else, and all of the advice and everything else. And, uh, but in, the, in that moment, he realized, Lord, I'm in a spot where almost like Paul removed this from me so I can do ministry. And God said to him, no, you're going to do this for the, this going to be on you until you die. He found out that the type of legionary disease that he had was very slow moving and that he'll probably live to almost 80 or 90 before it takes about. But doing that, he said, I developed some prayers that has been getting me through. And those prayers kind of flows with the Macedonians in what they were doing. That's why I said I wanted to put those together, okay? And, and so, the first prayer is, God, give me the grace to accept this condition and keep on living every day. Can you accept where you are, what you're doing, all of the challenges, all of the pressures, and keep on living every day? Or are you saying this too shall pass? You know what happens when we shut down like this? You know what happens when we start getting pity parties? There is a, there is a thing called, uh, uh, the idea is, Lord, I'm serving you, so I'm entitled to a little something, something. You see what I'm saying? There is a sense of entitlement that comes along with this idea. The Macedonians now have this on them, and one thing that they want to give up is, I don't want to have this sense of entitlement. So if this is where I'm at, through all of my suffering, then help me that in the midst of my suffering, to deal with that and still be sensitive, have the perspective to see where others are. I hope you're following me so far. And so it says, moreover, the brethren, we take no, make known to you that great, the grace of God bestowed upon the church of Macedonia, Donia, that in a great trial of afflictions, the burden of their joy and their deep poverty abound uh, riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, beyond their ability, they were freely willing. Their attitude didn't change. Circumstances, where they are, and all of the things that they're going through, it didn't change their sensitivity to others who were suffering around them. That takes a whole lot. Are you there yet? Then pray the Lord, grant me the grace, Lord, to first accept where I'm at. You know, um, I had to go through two phases of that. Phase one was when I had uh, uh, cancer, um, uh, the prostate cancer. Then when the Karen had the uh, heart attack, and the whole work scale around the house have changed. I mean, has radically changed. And that, that work scale around the house have changed. 
And I suspect it might not ever change back. And if it doesn't change back, that's okay. I've accepted for better or for worse, for rich or for poor. Uh, see, a lot of times, because we can't accept it, we start complaining. Because we can't accept it, then we shut down our ability to stretch beyond that to be a blessing to others. So what we could be doing, we're hindered by what we're going through. It could be finances. It could be relationships. It could be a number of things. Now, I just break down just a little bit more on this. Uh, the empowering grace of God really stands out in extreme circumstances. We are equipped not to quit, but to adjust and keep going. We are equipped not to what? But to adjust and you have, to, you have to be that energetic Babani. Just, you know, just keep on going, okay? Uh, and so look at the observation here. These verses, there were three distinct things taking place. Their circumstances, their attitudes, and readiness to be a blessing to others. The more we walk with the Lord, our perspective of people, our possessions, and participation will radically change. Their circumstances their attitude, and get this, their readiness to, to be a blessing of, or to be, it should change that, to be a blessing to others, if you get the idea, to be a blessing to others. That's, that's what it's all about. Because you see, here's the thing, here's the thing that, not, not I'm philosophically looking at this thing, here's the thing I know. If we start dealing with the neighborhood, every problem that those folks have going to come in here. And some have no church experience whatsoever. We're working on ground zero. And we have to work from a basis of grace in the whole process. And so for that to happen, then we have to have the right attitude. Everybody with me so far? So we, so Paul revealed that Paul's that God's grace will do under extreme circumstances. Number one, under uh, great trials of affliction, their weakness, sickness, deplorable condition, God's grace enabled them to respond with the abundance of joy. You see their attitude, their deep poverty, their riches of liberty, their willing spirit to reach beyond their circumstances to meet the needs of others. Paul says, that's what these Macedonians, these folks that probably no one talk about, the poor folks were doing. There's a lot of folks are doing stuff, quote, for the Lord. And what happens is the Lord says in that day, they're going to say, Lord, didn't we do this? And didn't we do that? And the Lord's going to say, I never knew you. You were doing a lot of things, but we, we never connected. You never experienced my grace that is sufficient. And I think it's important for us to see that. Our congregation is going through a lot of things. 
The second, grace that keeps us giving, uh, keeps on giving, is always ready to share. Um, sometimes it's finances and other, and there's other areas, but always ready to share. That's why I appreciate the bash and, and how it feels about the saints. And, and here's the prayer, prayer number two. Let's read it together. God, give me wisdom to know what to do. I'm in, I'm in a poor situation. If, if Macedonian was here, he'd say, I'll tell you what. He said, we were poor. We were under tremendous tribulation. I know that Jerusalem was in trouble. There are brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I said, Lord, give me wisdom as to what I should do. James says we lack because we do. Why? Because we we have no. We don't have because we what? We don't ask. We don't ha ask. And the Lord says, the first thing you do, the first thing that you do is to acknowledge God. May I suggest, and I think that the bash is going in the, in the right way this, uh, uh, here. The, the thing that I want to really encourage you to do, make sure that in all the giving that there's not a time absent where we have folks praying for the whole thing. You can have all the plans, everything in place and everything else, but if it doesn't have prayer, we have violated Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, do what? And he shall what? Direct our path. He'll show you what to do. The greatest, the way that we can have success it's to find out, Lord, here's where, I, where I'm in, am. Here's what I'm going through. What do I do in this situation? If you haven't been there, hang with me. You will be going through. So he asked the question, what should I do in this situation? Employing us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. Now they're begging. So here's what we had to give. So they were begging us. These poor folks begging us. Grace empowers the recipients to do several things. One, give sincerely. Two, give willingly. Three, give intentionally. Four, give passionately. Five, give sensitively. Six, give joyfully. This described these folks. We were not trying to do this for any show. We were not, and that's why Paul writing the letter. He says, I'm coming to you folks. I say, I'm going to have some Macedonians. Who don't embarrass me. You folks are better off. When they come, they're going to be with me, and you have more than them. Don't embarrass me that you did not take off the offering and everything, and you're ready to go. Please have it together. Because these folks have laid it all out, not knowing whether God is going to bless them back. The pastor who pastors this $6,000, 6, members church in Michigan, what he kept doing was to make sure 
that he had the right attitude in ministry. And here's what he did. He, um, he was telling the saints about the whole idea of putting it all on the altar. And I shared a little scene about something else, but here's what he did. He got the offering plate. He said he managed to stand on top of that offering plate. He said, I put myself on here. He says, in order for me to be a blessing, I must be in the offering plate. And he says, from that point on, he says, I preached to the congregation from the offering plate. He says, now, you know, these sophisticated folks from all backgrounds and everything else. I, I said, did I really care? He said, I really didn't care anymore. I really didn't care anymore. Because you know why? Because I'm beginning to understand that when, when you are a recipient of grace and God gives you the grace to sustain, you, then you operate from that position whether God changes it or not. Number three, you've been very patient. Grace that keeps on giving and always dis displaying an attitude of submission. And so in, in verse 5 there, here are, here are two prayers that we want to put forth. Number one, let's read together. God, give me the honesty to give my life and my future to you. Am I honest with God? He said, Lord, yes, I know. I know my theology, and I've been to the schools, and I got the position and everything, but now let me just be honest with you. They have in, in the Emory Avenue Church of God, they used to sing, is your all on the altar? Have you put it all out? And sometimes it may feel, it may feel, I'm all alone in this. Don't believe that lie. You are never, never alone. I've, I've felt it many times in many situations. And there was a message or there was something else that comes along. And... Um, and it said, God, give me the honesty to give my life and future to you. And I you know I had to say about Chicago Land Bible Fellowship, Lord, this is your church, not my church. These are your people. These are not my people. I'm your servant. You love them. Everything that you see or experience right now, God has nicely, richly provided us. Others wish it happened. Guess what? God said, here. When we decided to get the land, one person came along, one person came along and said, here's a check. And it was, he came to our morning worship there at UIC and gave us a check for $60,000. Here. 
God has been good. And God has been good to you. At least be honest. At least to say, God, give me the honesty to give my life and future to you and quit trying to depend on others so I can feel validated. Because it's not that. Here's a second prayer. Ready? God, give me the courage to be thankful in all things. God, give me the courage to be thankful in all things. All things. Not some things. All things. Joni Erickson, uh, Cantata, no doubt, She'll be glad if she could move something. But she's thankful for what she's capable of doing. And a lot of folks have been saved. And since she couldn't paint anymore with her hands and everything else, she painted with her mouth, her teeth. Beautiful paintings. It didn't stop her brain. She's thankful to God. Thank you, Lord, for a brain that still acknowledges you. All I'm saying is this, if we don't recognize this, you are, you are open for a tremendous battle that will probably take you down. Because Satan's going to keep your eyes on the circumstances and not a holy God. And not only as we had hope, but they first gave themselves, because it's now, they first gave themselves what? To the Lord and then to us by the will of God. I like that. Notice what happened. Two things stand out about Macedonians in this verse. Number one, they gave themselves who? To God. The first thing they did before they did all of the giving, they gave themselves to God. They, you know, they had the song, I'm yours, Lord. <laughs> you know, everything I have, everything. And folks be clapping their hands and everything. The Lord said, okay, then give up that mm-mm. <laughs> and the Lord said, well, oh, why are you singing the song? You know, you, you, you're clapping your hands and smiling and everything else. I tell you to give this up for my glory, and then you tell me no. Then why do you keep saying, I'm yours? Why call me Lord and don't do what I say? Why you keep holding on to things and when I, I tell you, the first thing is putting your all on the altar there. They gave themselves. Notice what it says? They gave themselves to God. Oh, but I thought they were saved. Sure they were saved. But, but there's a point where not only am I saved, but it says, Paul says, I beg you, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service that you can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That's what you do. You give yourself to God. We sing the, the song, I give all. 
I give all. We want all without giving all. And God says, what type of trade-off is this? You want a million dollars and give me three cents. What type of trade-off is this? God says, no, I want you to give your all. Because I'm going to give you what I have. And really, you can't hold all that I have. Then, to us, by the will of God. Because they gave themselves to God, then to us by the will of God. What is the Paul that you all want? We need an offering. Then here, take this. But you can't take it. Take it. We beg you to take it. Help those folks. Why do they have such a heart? Because you see, their heart flowed from the will of God. Because it flowed from the will of God. In the grace operating, it keeps on giving it keeps on giving after you have received it you keep giving it out the only thing that receives and hold on is the dead sea and in the dead sea all of that all of that goop that's in there and, and it's very expensive though all of that goop that's in there the dead sea you can actually almost float on the water Coming from the um, the uh, Yamuk uh, and, uh, and Anan and Yamuk, and, and that's another uh, river uh, that the tributary that goes in there, goes down into the Dead Sea, goes all into the Dead Sea, and and all the things that the minerals and everything else. Nations want all of that richness, but that water, the only way that that water gets out of there, that it's evaporated, it's taken away, and God wants to use us, not like the Dead Sea. Please, let us learn from the Macedonians. And so, one last thing. If we are really going to be effective, it's very important for us to position ourselves in the will of God so that everything we do is from a heart of love and grace that keeps on giving. And what we need to do in our own personal time is ask the question, why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I doing this for my own comfort or am I doing this to the glory of God to make him look good? Why am I doing this? And until we're able to nail that down, if we're, if we're really going to be effective, I mean things that has eternal impact, we have to get our eyes off of us, what they call ingrown eyeballs, and put our eyes on God. Until then, as far as the church is concerned, people will continue to walk north and south, east and west, until they are taken home or they're taken or they die in their sins and inside the church we could have made a difference meanwhile there, there's some of you right now because God knows he's, he could be just one person that he's speaking to this morning okay great because I don't know what you're going to be going through this week some of the people that I counseled this week and some of the things that they're confronted with, 
some things will not change. So what do you do with something you can't change? Lord, give me that grace to accept it and keep on going. Lord, show me what to do. I praise the Lord for Chicago Land Bible Fellowship. Who you are, where you are, and what God is going to do with each one of your hearts. And so as we close this morning, I would like to pray for you. Father, you know my heart for your people. It's my desire that you will move in their hearts and minds to live in such a way that wherever they go, there will be that aroma that draws people's attention. It will be different because it comes from living by grace and in grace and being a disperser of grace. And they probably will ask them the reason of hope that is in them. And through a gracious heart, regardless of who they are, they will share with them. And you'll be able to make a difference in the life of others. You're coming very soon. Very soon. Help us to be aware of the times. Help us to get down to business. We thank you, Lord, for where you have brought us. We thank you for right now what we have. For me, I'm personally thankful for what I have. I, Lord, I, you know my heart. I have no aspirations for riches and anything else along that line. I just want to be right here doing what you want me to do. Wherever. We get to the point where Jesus says, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. So I pray for the saints. I bless you, Lord. I bless your holy name. I bless you for what you're capable of doing. I bless you ahead of time for what you're going to do in these lives. Even those who are partly hearing, just in the partial hearing, that you would germinate in their hearts something that will make a tremendous difference in their lives. They'll go on forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.